This is Michael Ware, co-host of Where We Are, and this is a special episode of Where We Are in lieu of the morning five this morning, as we want to discuss the historic vote in the House yesterday to oust Speaker Kevin McCarthy from his position as Speaker, leaving the House in limbo. We'll discuss that decision, that vote, and what it means on this special episode of Where We Are. This is Where We Are. We are the Wares. I'm Michael. I'm Melissa. And uh, Melissa, again, for listeners, uh, this is a, a special episode, the an emergency episode, so to speak. The first time that we've done an episode of Where We Are during the week. Usually this yeah. is a weekend show. Good morning to you. Really thought that... Yeah, good... <laughs> <laughs> We we thought that this uh, this we didn't want to wait until the weekend to discuss uh, this this development. Yeah, this news is too fresh off the press. It's too fresh, and thought that uh, you know the the the, the morning five, uh, the format, the style of the morning five, which is less opinion, more sort of um, uh, just a very brief overview of the news was not going to be the best thing for this for this moment and so instead Melissa and I are are going to discuss this historic development and Melissa just to give a bit of an overview and I do think the you know the 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 time frame you use to discuss what happened is and where you start it and where you end it like so many of these sort of political squabbles, uh, and, and the and you know now this is more than a squabble. This is a historic development. Yeah. Um, you know the time frame you use is is essential, but but let me just uh, do it this way for now, which is over the weekend after a number of different attempts at passing some kind of stopgap by getting the votes uh, that a majority of the votes in the house to fund government after taking votes that failed speaker mccarthy over the weekend sort of switched course and decided to advance a bill that he knew would receive overwhelming a democratic support and where he lose significant numbers of Republicans. And that is exactly what happened. A majority of both parties uh, supported the stopgap with all but I think one Democrat supporting it and uh, somewhere in the range of 120, uh, uh, 120, 130 Republicans supporting the stopgap with like 90 Republicans uh, or thereabouts uh, opposing the stopgap measure. So a majority of both parties uh, 
but it was more Democrats voted to support the bill than Republicans, even though Republicans have the majority. Well, this was a moment that many people have been waiting for since Speaker McCarthy, since Kevin McCarthy sort of won the speakership because he did so by allow by um, accepting these rules changes that allowed one member of his caucus to call for a motion to vacate. Yes. This was uh, back in his fight to get the speakership position in the first place. And there there was this big debate internal to the Republican Party about whether a speaker, a Republican speaker, should should even bring forth measures that won't receive at least a majority. And there were a whole bunch of debates about like how much Republican support a speaker would need to justify bringing a vote forward. Matt Getz, who I've been referring to as evil Chandler Bing, <laughs> which um, is uh, something I need emotionally uh, to do <laughs> in this moment. Um, it's just it just brings a little bit of levity to me into this situation. So evil Chandler Bing um, uh, advanced that motion to vacate and. On a quicker timeline than I think a lot of people expected, on Tuesday, October 3rd, for the first time in American history, uh, Speaker McCarthy was removed as Speaker. He was ousted. Yeah, the 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 vote was 216 to 210. I was just, yeah, I was just, yeah, so the vote was 216 to 210, so very close vote. Here's what you need to know about that vote. Or uh, at least here's something else you need to know about that vote. Every Democrat voted to oust Speaker McCarthy, and only eight Republicans voted to do so. And so the Republican Speaker was ousted by four percent uh, at the will of four percent of his caucus, and. 100% of the Democratic caucus. For now, I'm not saying whether that's a good or a bad thing, but but that's that's just how, how it happened. Uh, just a couple more facts, which the House is now out of session. They won't return until... Because the House can't operate without a speaker. And so uh, the, uh, the House will return mid-next week. Uh, and... They'll try to vote to elect a Speaker of the House. Uh, there is no real clarity. We'll see how much uh, develops over the next, over the coming hours and days. But right now, there's no real clarity. There's no clear successor to Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. A lot of ideas are being floated. Mm -hmm. If there's any clarity, if there's any sort of someone like leading the pack, it would be Steve Scalise, yes. who is a very conservative, at least as conservative as Kevin McCarthy uh, of, from uh, Louisiana. Uh, and so, and so, so those are the facts. Melissa, you know, I have a lot of thoughts. What what did you think as you saw this unfold? It was very interesting today to see around midday, like a couple of hours, I think, before 
the vote actually turned place. All of a sudden you saw Representative um, Hakeem Jeffries, um, minority leader, basically tell or announce essentially that um, McCarthy would not receive Democratic support. And now this is a big changeover from Monday where, you know, an outlet like Axios was was actually reporting that Matt that Representative Matt Getz's plan to take out McCarthy was not received terribly well by was not being received well by Democrats. Um, you have Representative Steve Cohen of Tennessee, a Democrat from Tennessee, and a member of the Progressive Caucus saying, "End quote I'm not going to follow Matt Getz to Peter Luger's steakhouse." End quote. And you have others who signaled that uh, they just weren't going to support, they were not going to be voting uh, McCarthy out of the speakership. And then all of a sudden, basically around 24 hours later, you've got um, Representative Jeffries announcing that Democrats would not be uh, uh, keeping McCarthy in his speakership position. And so the big question is, well, what changed? And... As of now, what we have is um, some journalists tweeting out um, various things around this particular issue. And one of the key ones that I've seen repeated by several journalists of, you know, reputable outlets saying that Democrats had watched um, Speaker McCarthy go to the media and basically say after, you know, Saturday's vote that, you know, bragging about, you know, what he got done and basically uh, criticizing Democrats about their role. And the story is essentially that a bunch of Democrats became very upset with this, with these media, with this media interview that McCarthy did. And it changed the tide in terms of how they were feeling towards him. I mean, so I'll just tell you what I think when I hear that, which is that we've had 10 years, 15 years of people saying, oh, so they, you know, so just because Republicans were offended by what Barack Obama said or by what, you know, liberals on TV said, they didn't do the right thing for the country or they wanted to, and and like this, this very sort of, you know, what happened to America first kind of thing and uh, Republicans are babies and all this kind of stuff. And, and so I, I, I don't take, if that's the standard, then I don't think you could, you could say, well, you know, he attacked us on Face the Nation. And like, we know why he attacked Democrats on Face the Nation because if, if, if he isn't, He's, he's the leader of the Republican Party in the House. He just took a divisive stand within his own party. So he's trying to train his party's focus on Democrats as opposed to... He's saving face. He's saving face within his own party. Now, you could say... You could say, like, I don't like that approach. But, but like, this whole idea that, you know, we, we would have voted to keep him in if he was nice to us on Face the Nation, but... Because, I mean, again, this this has been, for for good or ill, whether it's morally neutral or not, like whatever, uh, not whatever, but like, j- let's table that for now. It has been Democrats' political strategy for the last 15 years to present themselves as the reasonable, responsible, 
folks and and implicitly and explicitly at times suggest it's the Democrats who are not responsible. McCarthy uh, uh, doing the same, saying that he was the reasonable ones and Democrats were ready to, you know, put uh, put the government at risk if uh, uh, over the, their policy priorities. So so yeah, I mean that's not where I want to focus, but I do I do think this uh, this idea and the easy embrace of this McCarthy made a big mistake by attacking, you know, attacking Democrats. Well, he's he's a he's a Republican. Let let's not get let's not get like he's a member of the other party. Like now we're going to get precious about partisan about partisanship. But okay, yeah. let's so so there so, there's that. So there's that. And then the two other things, I mean, the one simple point I want to make is that Democrats by aligning themselves with the eight Republicans who, you know, also voted um uh McCarthy out of the speakership role, Democrats lining up so well with the House Freedom Caucus, um the ultra conservative group of, you know, representatives in in the GOP who have who are the ones who, you know, may, had this rule come about in the first place that you could call a motion to vacate the group that has been responsible for a lot of headaches for McCarthy since he became speaker, um, include members like, you know, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, is that you you start to sort of partner up with them. And I don't think that that could ever end well for Democrats, honestly, for in terms of bipartisanship for a lot of very good things for the nation. I just want to make that simple point. And then the next thing is that our ultimate problem here is funding the government. We just had another huge fight to even get another 45-day stopgap. We still don't have a long-term solution. This has been going on for months on end now. We only have 45 days. The House cannot function without a speaker. They're having to meet next Wednesday to vote somebody in, taking their focus off of funding the government. And uh, m my concern is that for Democrats, you had somebody who was willing to make a statesman-like bipartisan sh uh, decision, avert a government shutdown in which, you know, thousands of people would be out of work, in which people would be without their various benefits. Um, and in, in my mind, and I, you know, I could be completely wrong here, this makes the likelihood of a real shutdown even more likely, very likely, possibly. Yes, I agree. Um, and for Democrats... My automatic thinking, besides like, you know, you should be rewarding somebody who's actually worked bipartisan, you know, and, and through bipartisan um, means with you, you know, doing the, the right thing for the United States, being a statesman. I mean, our politics is so petty that, you know, for a lot of folks that that's not even convincing enough. The more convincing thing to me would be the idea that we do not want a government shutdown because government shutdown, the economy is already taking hits left and right with a with a bunch of different developments, like student loans coming back. Um, uh, you know, markets are really nervous right now. We've got a bunch of signs that there that the recession might actually finally start. Um, the Fed will probably raise interest rates again at its next meeting, putting more pressure on the economy to have a recession. And in 2024, we all know the common wisdom 
is that the party that it, the incumbent party will be most punished by an economic downturn because voters really vote on the economy. And the weaker, and I know that a lot of voters won't be able to like say, oh, we have a recession because this government shut down and the Republicans caused it. Nobody's going to be making connecting those dots. They're just going to know that they have less money in their pocket, they lost their job, so on and so forth. And for Democrats to be doing this during a very tenuous election so far, when it comes to like at least the polling, it just seems really short sighted for. Not even longer term thing. It's really medium term. Uh, you know, just next November, twenty twenty four. I'll end there, Michael. Yeah, I mean, so a couple comments. I mean, I I do agree that there are there are real effects that this could have on on the election. Um, and I'm not trying to say this in a certain way, but like that's, I think. There are arguments that could be made that the electoral aspects of this could go either way. That's not that's that just we have different sort of concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, look, like, don't hear me. I'm not a fan of Speaker McCarthy. He was one of the. He voted against certifying the election. Mm-hmm. He lifted up Marjorie Taylor Greene for mm-hmm. leadership. I think for, in his view, pragmatic reasons of trying to hold his caucus together. But he still did it. And like uh, I strongly disagree. Uh, he allowed this pretty shoddy impeachment case of Biden move mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, And so like what, what you're hearing some Democrats say now is like, Uh, it's not a matter of choosing sides between McCarthy and Getz, really, because they don't view, like Jamie Raskin from Maryland said this, he doesn't view much of a difference between Matt Getz Mm -hmm. and Kevin McCarthy. Uh, What I would say uh, is I can name at least one difference between them, which is that Matt Getz wanted to shut the government down and Kevin McCarthy... For all of his flaws and for whatever the rationale was, and I have, or whatever his political sort of impulse was, uh, and I have some ideas about that, Wh- whatever the calculus was, he did the right thing here. He did the, he did the thing that, that basically, roughly, Democrats said was the responsible thing to do. And Republican voters and whoever the next Speaker of the House is, the lesson they are going to take from every single House Democrat voting alongside eight Republicans to to oust the Republican Speaker, the lesson that Democrats are teaching with this is not that McCarthy made a mistake by not supporting the impeachment of Trump, It's not that McCarthy made a mistake by moving forward with the impeachment of Biden. No, the lesson that's being taught here is that McCarthy made a mistake by choosing the nation over his his own job in this case. Mm -hmm. And this is the case that, that the motion to vacate 
was was in response to. Matt Getz was leading floor debate from the Democratic side of the aisle. Like that, that is, that that should tell you something about what a messed up situation this was. Matt Getz was leading the floor debate from the Democratic side of the aisle. So like that's who Democrats were sided with from a very practical, objective sort of perspective. They welcome Matt Getz to 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 argue from 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 their side that that that, that was, uh, you know, ninety whatever percent of the votes to uh, to oust McCarthy were Democratic votes, but it was initiated by Matt Getz, and so like I think Democrats have to take. I think there's a responsibility for that. I'm seeing these lines that are like, you know, Democrats are not responsible for solving, you know, Speaker McCarthy's difficulties or the Republican Party's difficulties. And like, perhaps, well, I'd say I'm more, <laughs> I don't accept that. Um, I, I like I, I'm someone who wants to see both parties as strong as they can be, but I understand that perspective. Um, I think it just gets the situation totally wrong, though. If we've learned anything, it's that a problem, a fire, uh, that is uh, a fire on the Repu- in the Republican Party does not stay contained to the Republican Party. Republicans' problems become America's problems. We we share a country. That's what that's what self-governance means. If one of the two major parties is is uh is is um, you know, as Democrats have been saying, uh you know, a threat to uh there, there, there's an extremist wing, um, as as President Biden would say, a MAGA Republican wing that is a threat to democracy, uh, that is, um, you know, opposed to broad swaths of the American population. Um, then you aren't intervening to save the Republican Party. You're intervening be- because to protect the American people. And like Melissa and I have said, like maybe maybe we're missing something. Maybe there is some like clear, but maybe this is clear to Hakeem Jeffries how this turns out. Maybe Democrats already know who the next speaker is going to be, and it's going to be someone who loves bipartisanship, who uh, is closer to Democrats' policy priorities, who is more likely than Kevin McCarthy to make the responsible decision. Uh, but I'll tell you if they do that, I'll I'll you know applaud it like a, like I'll 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 say you know that that's some real political gamesmanship like they 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 saw a way through this to move the situation not just to Democrats advantage but to Americans advantage but right now I don't see it. I I I don't see and we're not hearing from Democrats 
some confidence about how this is going to turn out. No, what we're hearing from Democrats is, uh, you know, look at the Republicans who can't get their act together. You know, this is a sign that Republicans can't govern. Well, you know, that would be a much more effective argument if it wasn't only eight Republicans who voted to oust the speaker. <laughs> so, And if our democracy wasn't actually fragile, we had, right. we had a mob, a riot, an insurrection at the Capitol. We had an entire vote on certifying an election. Like our, our democracy is not, you know, locked tight right now. And so for this to happen, for a lot of folks to be seeing this go on in this particular institution, I know a lot have come to expect chaos from Congress. And I know that opinions about Congress are historically low, but this doesn't help things. Yeah. It doesn't help people's belief, uh, you know, uh, faith in our institutions, no. our governing institutions. No, here, especially because it's historic, so people have never seen it before. Yeah, Melissa, here's like the best. You know, we've been racking our brain, like what what are uh -huh. Democrats thinking here? Yes, and so I want to do all my. You know, initially I thought, you know. Maybe this is all about just showing McCarthy that his job, you know, speakership is on the line. Speaker McCarthy needing to prove that to to his own caucus. Mm -hmm. um, and Democrats are going to make some reasonable, demand some reasonable concessions that M McCarthy could, re you know, reasonably make. McCarthy will make them. McCarthy will be speaker. And... Democrats show both that they're willing to play ball with people who make responsible decisions and they're able to show they're able to get something uh, in return for McCarthy needing their votes to remain as speaker. But uh, within hours after the vote, McCarthy made an announcement that he won't seek the speakership again. So mm -hmm. it's like so that's not happening, whether whether that's what Democrats wanted or not. Uh, part of the reason why you don't uh take a vote that provokes chaos like this is because it's chaos so even if you had hoped that that was how it was going to go that you'd be able to negotiate with McCarthy and and uh get him to make concessions uh that it doesn't look like that's happening and so here's the best thought that I have which is McCarthy made this deal which is only for 45 days, the, the stop gap deal over this last weekend, with the expectation and knowledge that it would strengthen his position as someone who's willing to compromise, as someone who's reasonable, and that his intention and Democrats' anticipation of what his intentions and, and leverage would be, that McCarthy was going to play hardball over the next 45 days to try to extract concessions from Democrats that Democrats just viewed as non-starters using the benefit of A, again, passing the stopgap measure, but then B, having Democrats vote to maintain him as speaker. And so... Like that, that, that's a rationale that makes sense to me. I, I, I'm still not sure I agree with it based on all the contingencies involved. 
But that's like the best, that's the best reasoning that I could come up with, which is, which is that by voting to keep McCarthy in, Democrats would be empowering McCarthy to, to seek to exert enough political pressure on them that they'd be forced to do, um, or that at least some, some swing district Democrats would be forced to support uh, cuts to federal spending that, that would otherwise... Uh, that, that, that were just unconscionable for the vast majority of Democrats. That's like, that's the best argument. And again, like I could see it. Maybe we'll see reporting that sort of makes makes that clear, at which case, you know, I'm happy to like reevaluate this assessment. But I just got to say in the 12 hours uh, since this vote, um, This can go in some really bad directions too. Uh, this could this could go in some really bad directions. The one that's being discussed now, which I don't take all that seriously at this point, is that there's a movement among House Republicans to nominate uh, Donald Trump as Speaker of the House, which is possible. You do, uh, it, legally possible. You don't need to be a member of the House to be the Speaker of the House. Again, I don't necessarily take that seriously. Um, then again, what a morality play that would be of playing uh, morality play that would be for Democrats of playing with fire <laughs> on this stuff and 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 uh, sort of uh, uh, leaving it to Republicans to quote unquote solve their own problems. So, Melissa, we've we've gone for a half hour, uh, which is longer than we we expected. But this this is a historic development. It raises a lot of questions about the health of our gov uh, our our uh, government of our democracy, polarization, twenty twenty four, and the upcoming election. Um, I, just one more note I want to make, Melissa, is that I was we'll see what else comes out of the White House. Their first statement. Their first statement on this vote, I thought, was responsible, mm -hmm. and and somewhat tellingly, and again, this could all this could all change. They may, you know, they may be doing some overnight polling, making sure they're on solid political ground, uh, and then coming out tomorrow with statements about that that are in line with what House Democrats are saying. But their their first statement that came out from the press secretary. Uh, did not offer an opinion on the wisdom of House Democrats' vote. It basically ex it just expressed the White House the White House's desire for Congress to get a speaker in place so that uh, Congress could get back to work, the House could get back to work uh, as soon as possible, and be a partner with the White House. I was really pleased with that. I, I thought that it preserved Biden's ability to say that. At, at least in 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 this scenario, like he's not playing games with our democracy. He's not, he's not he's not playing with fire here. And I, uh, again, unless some sort of clarity develops about how this is going to turn out, I hope that's the position the White House continues to take, which is this is a House deal, <laughs> uh, and this is not uh, this was not a White House Biden driven you know sh driven strategy. And I just want to say, 
just the very last thing I want to say, because some, some folks might be thinking this, uh, it, there are many cases in which I see procedures go down, protocols get followed, and I think, oh, that's our democracy at work. You know, that that's just how it is. Things have been followed. Rules have been followed. This would not be one of those cases. No. It, it good does not come out of this. I don't think so, Melissa. I yeah. really don't. And like again, we're like more than happy to like say I'm very happy to go to to in a few weeks say actually. Yeah. But but I just want to be clear, it's not just a matter of this somehow turning out positively. It's also a matter of what was the risk? What is the risk of it not turning out positively? So like, yeah, I could imagine somehow this turning out well. Um, but again, I can imagine a lot of ways it doesn't. And, you know, what degree of confidence do Democrats have going into this that will turn out well, again, not just for their electoral hopes, not just for disempowering and, and uh, uh, making uh, sort of uh, really putting Republicans through the ringer, but like, what what is the degree of confidence Democrats have that this will turn out okay for the country? And, and it's all and I'm not a budget. Seeing, I'm not seeing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not seeing that confidence. I'm seeing a lot of complacency to say, "Well, this is Republicans' problem," and that that that's just not that's not sufficient for me. Yeah. I completely agree. And yeah, we've gone on for over a half hour here, but we just wanted to do this kind of episode just because it was such, it's such huge news and we'll have, we think, repercussions that reverberate. Yeah. So uh, I should just say, Melissa, I think we'll do an episode this weekend. Mm -hmm. If not, in terms of what we're uh, delivering promised content. You know, we we we're, we're, we kind of have an episode in the bank uh, at at this point, uh, but I expect we'll be back this weekend. Um, then again, you're traveling this weekend, so so maybe we'll figure that out. But hope that you hope that this episode is helpful to you as you think through what's transpired in our politics over the last uh, over the last 12, 24 hours. I think this is the point where I say bye. <laughs> this is where we are. Bye. Bye. You ain't picking your phone up Why you messing my head?